0: ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette, ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports
1: great scott the great scott show and as they head into the final furlong all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the great scott show the champion with scott prater steal the show
2: Hello everybody, welcome in to the Great Scott Show. On a Tuesday, a few days left in March, one of the busier sports months of the year. And, um, you know, he's a busy man. He's out there serving this great state, this community, working hard. And um, last week we had uh, planned to get him in here and then duty called. As it does. And so he had to go to work. And now he just, he, he has trouble staying away. You know, for 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 my guest here this hour, <laughs> he doesn't have um, bad vices. Maybe he gets, you know, a little over the top with his team sometimes. That's just called phantom. That's not a bad vice. Oh, well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, if you ask a Falcons fan, it's destructive. <laughs> uh, yesterday was 328 day, by the way. But. This is kind of like how he gets his fix sometimes. So he's he's back for more. James Butler, former NFL and UL wide receiver, is in studio with me for this hour. Good morning, sir. How are you? Can
3: I say one thing real quick?
2: You can say whatever you want. The the floor is yours.
3: That 328 tweet that that you put out yesterday was the most hilarious thing. I don't know how you even thought of that.
2: Oh, like, people get in on it every. I mean, how can you? I see three twenty eight. How can you not think? About no, it? I know, but I don't know how you thought to put that meme just to just right. Just right to them. Oh my god, their mentions are always are busy every year on on March twenty eighth. So basically, because I didn't see that
3: many, I seen
2: a few. I mean, but I I, I couldn't have been the only one that tweeted the Atlanta.
3: Fans. No, no, no. I seen a few, but I, yours by far was the. I'm funniest just glad one I, I could get you to smile for a minute. Man, that was crazy.
2: Nobody was really thinking about it yesterday morning. Everyone was just thinking about the slap.
3: Right. Yeah. It
2: was all anyone was thinking about. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah Unfortunately,
3: that's, that's that was a crazy situation.
2: That was nuts, man. <laughs> That was oh crazy. God. Crazy Amen. is the word, and and of course, it was. <laughs> social media went from okay, so, some pretty good jokes to what just happened, and about twenty minutes or twenty five minutes of okay, this is I'm I'm I got to consume this. Like yeah. Twitter is, is yeah. fire right now, and then at some point it just psh, it immediately turns into. A very dramatic debate of yeah. you know toxic masculinity, or you can't run your and mouth, I hate that. or you or uh, or or you know there's no place for this, or he should be. all of the extremes, right, I one hate way or that. the other. And now it's like, man, I just need to get a couple of these jokes off. You yeah, know I mean? like
3: yeah, like man, I hate like that. We take ourselves too so seriously sometimes, man. That that like, come on, man, we don't need to psychoanalyze every single thing, and it, when I'm on Twitter and I see that, it's almost like it's just, it makes me not even want to be on there anymore. Like, I'm just on here to see, like, the jokes and the memes and stuff. I don't want to sit there and, like, contemplate my life on, like, some tweets.
2: I don't want to do that. Sometimes Twitter is the best place and the worst Yeah, place. man. And it can happen in a matter of just, like, minutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you could be on there for laughing, sure. like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is so funny or, ooh, this is good information. Yeah. So just, like, all right, what, why? What don't don't? Why? Why are people like this?
3: Yeah, you know, no. no, like Twitter. I say all the time, Twitter is like the one app where they will take the most serious thing and make jokes out of it, and you have no choice but to laugh. Like that's what Twitter would do, you know. And it's just, but when we get to the part where we're like really, you know, analyzing what this is and what it could be and the effects that it have, I'm like, come on, man, like.
2: I mean, and and I'm not even suggesting that sometimes some of those things are not even worth asking. They are now some 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 of it is over the top. It's just like I don't know. I don't want to think about it right now. Yeah, you I don't want to think it's about it. It's more of that. like like a selfish thing. Like I don't want to. Twitter is basically look, the world's going to bleep, but I'm gonna get these jokes off. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But then
3: like I, me personally on on a personal tip, I didn't like the world where i come from it's like if you talk about a man's wife these are the consequences of it i didn't sit there and like it was like oh well this is toxic masculinity and all this other things i'm like well this this is what happened like this is this is normal you know I,
2: yeah I, but it's not normal it's like, not, but you know what it's, i'm saying it's because it wasn't just some guy in the street it was like but this is a comedian on stage.
3: Like People get slapped every day, B.
2: How many how many comedians on stage do you see just get slapped for people making get, a joke? People get slapped every day, stage. B.
3: Yeah, I don't man. know, man. You, I ain't you, saying it was right, but I ain't saying it was wrong either.
2: That's saying much.
3: You know what I'm saying? That's nah, saying nah, much. nah. But for real, I, I think it could have been handled differently, though. I think it could have been handled differently.
2: It, it was, look, it was a little zinger joke. If it was all normal... He says it, move on. No one even thinks about it. It's done, right. gone. Right, right. Oscars moves on. Instead, it was like, well, that was all anyone was talking about. Yeah. And it's still today. And then, you know, you have the the deep dives of, oh, it's fake. And it wasn't fake. I'll say this Chris Rock might be small, but he could take a slap. No, for sure. He didn't even touch his face at any point. He was just like kind of in shock.
3: Scott, I don't think I'm mad enough to just sit there and just take that old yeah, but if like you that.
2: If you're like a performer and you're like, I mean that guy's how many hours of his life do you think he has spent on a stage?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm a I mean like months. he's
2: just not he was in complete shock. Definitely. And
3: he's Definitely.
2: He's like in the longest yard, he was like the smallest guy like yeah. he he wasn't big enough to play football with Adam Sandler. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not he's not a former NFL player like you.
3: Yeah. Well, you're right, but the thing is like it's just I, to me I do feel it could have been handled differently. I do feel that way. However, I get the reason why he did it. Man, like, we're human. Sometimes your emotions get the best of you according to you. That's what happens to me hey. a lot of times. So sometimes your emotions get the best of you, and 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 you fly off the handle, and I get that part too. But on a professional tip and as a man standpoint, I feel like after the show, he should have went and approached him then. You know? And, and that's just that's just what
2: right. I think. Enough is enough.
3: But do I think that he's like the worst person in the world for doing that? No, I don't.
2: No, I think he's I think he might be at a breaking point. When your relation first of all, they have an open relationship. Everyone there was a big old thing about her entanglement and all the other yeah. stuff. I guess if you just if it gets made fun yeah. of and it's out in the open and it's yeah. constant at some point, you know. But
3: yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think of him less of a man for like I don't look at Will Smith differently. Like I'm oh, just like since what he did, yeah. Like he's a man. Like what do you want me to do? Like he's
2: a man. Like okay, like <laughs> if all right. So if some perp on the street says something about your, maybe it's someone you know says something about your family. It's like yeah. If I make a little joke about you, like in the studio, like there's a difference. You know, I mean, I hope you wouldn't come over here and slap no, me. I wouldn't do that. Right. I wouldn't do that. But it's someone in the street that maybe you have a little history. I mean, it's a little different there.
3: Listen, I did see a clip. But to your point, I did see a clip in
2: 2016 Yeah, where he was talking a little spicy. Sure, but like that's, so, But I, I'm my guess is if there are probably a lot of celebrities that can find clips of Chris Rock making fun of them.
3: Right. But he was talking a little spicy, though. I will say that. It was funny. He was like, hey, hey, She wasn't even hey. invited to the Oscars. Yeah, Why are you boycotting man, it? But you don't talk about my wife like that, man. <laughs> Like, for real. So when I see you, like, it's on sites. I'm telling you, man. That's the, He was talking a little spicy. So it's a little different if somebody I know been talking spicy. And then you say something else. So what's up, man? You know,
2: you, know, you know who I thought of, actually, like, once I was watching the clip again and watching Chris Rock just kind of in shock, but just sort of take it. I actually thought of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson of the Saints. Why? Why did because, that make you think about that? Because the guy has taken – now, he's probably taken – Way more punches than Chris Rock. Now, Chris Rock, I, I mean, he's a celebrity. He's small. Chauncey, whenever he gets hit, remember, remember. I mean, granted, yeah, remember the Bears game when the guy went crazy. Right. The first time he hit him, Chauncey didn't yeah. do anything. He looked around like, yeah, he was what? like,
3: did this, did this what really you, happen?
2: What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, and then the guy did it again, and then finally it was on. Yeah, and then like yeah. you read about the practice when Michael Thomas punched him. Apparently, he just kind of took it, and then was like man, what, like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess when you run your mouth so much. You expect it, kind And your jaw's probably really strong because you're just constantly yeah. just jabbing all the time. So, you know, yeah. you take a punch, you're like, man, what's, I mean, it was just, you know. Yeah. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will I never set wanna, you off. I
3: never want to be in that position, man. Never want to be in that position. where My jawbone is like, have, like, has calloused itself to being like, amazingly strong because i've gotten hit so much. i mean they
2: you know they, their jaws look okay i just think they know what i think well i mean chris rock didn't take a punch it was a slap that looked like a stat a, a slap will smith learned like in on a movie set or something is he like yeah he like follows through all the way sort of like leans yeah. into it it's yeah. real quick yeah like he learned that on the set of something Keep my name out to a wife. Keep my wife's the, name it it out to It was the second time he said it where it was like even louder and yeah. he cursed where, where everyone, that's when yeah. everyone got really uncomfortable and yeah. they were like, that's when Chris Rock got frazzled. He was like, really, dude? Like, it was a G.I. J. joke. Then he came out and then everyone yeah. was like, okay, uh-oh. All right, yeah. It yeah. was, it it
3: sort of took so, away from the rest of the time. It's not that serious, man. You yeah, know. This is not a serious issue, people. Let's move on.
2: Like, were, how many people were talking about it, man? In your life, but I'm of work?
3: talking like no, I, well, I didn't hear anybody talking about it, so I don't know.
2: You know. Have you been back to work? Or no, you yeah, were?
3: Yeah, I was. No, since that happened, what did yeah. it happen yesterday?
2: Uh, Sunday before? night.
3: Yeah, Sunday night. Sunday was my last day of work. So,
2: so, when you get back, I don't know. I feel like there might be a little little discussion. There. I don't want to talk about it. Are do you you're done? I don't, I'm done. I'm done. Are you done? I mean, do you, you want to talk about something good like Saints free agency? Oh wait, never mind.
3: Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. It's not good. I mean, Trey Quan is back. If that's your that's your <laughs> cup of tea.
2: Cool. Here's I, I, I'll say this about Trey Quan Smith. He is a very good blocker. People can laugh all they want. That is important Th- that, in the that's same true. scheme. That's true. He is extremely inconsistent. We can all agree with that. As as
3: wait, inconsistent? How though? I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing he drops, with he you.
2: Drops the ball a lot. I don't his, even think it's that. His, I don't even think his, it's his his route running is.
3: Raw running is terrible.
2: Is, is, it's it's like some games you're like, where has this guy been? Right. And then, boom, next, nothing. Next right. week, nothing. Just mistakes. Coaches yelling at him on the sideline. But for the fans out there that were like, Marquez, Van, oh, my, you needed to get Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. and I can't believe that guy stood. The Chiefs gave him $30 million. He caught 26 passes right. last year. He caught less passes than Traquan Smith, and he played with Aaron Rodgers. Like, give me a break, dude. Traquan missed a ton of time, played with lots of different quarterbacks, none of which were the MVP. Caught more. No, you told me, okay, either one, but one is going to have thirty mil guaranteed. the other's only going to have like six mil. So I think little. I think guaranteed is only four and a half. It could okay. he could make up to more. Then, um, yeah, sure, bring it back. But like, you still have all the holes that you had on the offense going into the offseason season. Currently, today are. Probably wider than they were heading but, into the But
3: th- this just makes me believe that, well, it, I guess it's still kind of early. But all this does, it just makes me believe that they're going to get a receiver in the draft instead of maybe getting a quarterback like everyone was saying.
2: Or a left tackle. You need one man, now. Nah,
3: man, we got James Hurst, man. We got James Hurst, man. We good.
2: James Hurst, huh? Yeah, man, we good. You going to roll with him? I mean... If an elite left tackle is there at 18...
3: Hold on. Did you know Armstead... Was Armstead before you know your boy
2: was thinking up the joint? No, you didn't. Then so, I, I I've always been. I was always a big Armstead guy.
3: So when they drafted him, I got excited. Out of Arkansas Pine Blood, mm-hmm. wherever he came from, you knew that he was a stud. Then
2: I was I was high on him. I was like, I, was I think high, this guy will turn into a starter. Look at their history of of drafting O linemen from small schools in the mid rounds. One could go into the Hall of Fame and Jari Evans. The other, Jermaine Bushrod, was a multi time Pro Bowler. I need some proof on that. It had, I don't have air checks from back then. When I really knew Armstead was that guy in 2013, because he didn't start right away, because he was right.
3: Right, so that was the year we played by the, the Eagles. By uh,
2: By the end of the year, that guy was starting in Seattle in a playoff game in the rain, back when Seattle's defense was, right. like, awesome. And he didn't allow a single, like, quarterback hurry. Like, he just owned him. Yeah. And he had played a few times late in the season, and when he got in, it was like, he owned him. I was like, this this guy's going to be great. And then, of course, within a few years, you know, he's one of the best left tackles of football.
3: If I remember correctly, wasn't that... Now, th- I don't... That playoff game was the first game he started against the Eagles?
2: Um, He might have started that one. I, I was more impressed by the Seattle game just because of the conditions and... um. I don't. I think he started late in the season.
3: Well, look, I am high on James Hurst, man. Put that on air.
2: They had, they had. Now the difference was, Hurst was a UDFA that, like, they Armstead was this athletic freak. Everyone looked at him and was like, "Boy, if you could harness that." Yeah. Now his problem is, you know, he'd miss a few games every year, and he'd also play through a ton of injuries. And I get at this point with his age, like "Eh, we're gonna, we're gonna, but dude, you've got four picks in the top hundred and one. You have. To hit on it, so
3: you don't like what the O line is right now, except with the exception of one person. I guess. I like
2: two guys on the O line a lot. So I like Eric guess McCoy, that's McCoy and right? Ryan Ramczyk. Well, yeah. What about you? Don't like Andrew? Pete is is not as bad as people make him out to be. I
3: know he's not. That's why I'm
2: asking. So he's, he's. But like, let's let's not act like he's, you know, not
3: mistake prone. I mean, yeah, okay. So that's that's three. So you giving three credit, and
2: I also think Pete benefits. I think his better games came when he was playing next to Armstead, when Armstead was in there, because you're next to an all pro. And then Ruiz, Let's not act like he's been good.
3: Look, I'm not even about to bring that up. So so what? So you think
2: you, you got you got major holes of tight end? Okay. Why you, haven't they picked up a tight end? You don't have yet? you don't have depth on the O line like none right now. At receiver, you have Michael Thomas and guys that are not, you know, what you would want as number two and number three guys in the league. I like Deontay Hardy. I also think he's, you know, your deep threat. I think he's the guy you use in certain packages. I don't know that he's your every down, you know, number two receiver type of player. Callaway feels like a number three. Does he not? I mean, you've at running back, Kamara's going to miss who knows how many games.
3: I say four.
2: I mean, it could maybe it could be more like the offense right now, and it wasn't good last season. Is worse today than it was when the season ended. Now, I'm I'm open to changing my mind. Let's see what happens in the draft. But as far as free agency goes, they cleared all that cap space. They hadn't done anything. Wait,
3: so basically what you're saying is, in the first round, you're saying you will be okay with them going O line instead of receiver or
2: if they go best player available, which is what the old Sean Payton regime did. Um, I hope it's a major position of need. If it's O line, if it's tight end, if it's wide receiver. The thing with wide receiver is, look at some of the better receivers in the league. A lot of them came in. You know, maybe not in the first. I feel like you have a lot of misses in the first round yeah, with wide right. receivers. Right. It's also a deep year for receivers. We keep. That's what all the pundits keep saying. Um, so like, I'm not going to celebrate and jump for joy if it's a receiver. I I would. I would get a little more excited if it's a tight end or a left tackle, to be honest.
3: But, but here's my question. I don't really know, but what, what tight ends are in free
2: agency right now? There's, there's, I mean, some of them are already gone. A lot of them signed. Yeah. A lot of them are... Here, here's, here's the other thing. I keep hearing, all oh, Saints, four picks on the top, 101. Look at what they did in 2017. is the best day of your life? What's the best day of your life? <laughs> <laughs> of your life? Uh, yes, uh... When my son was born, that was the best. That's pretty born. awesome, right? Yeah, little stud, young, young king, young James Butler. Does he go by the second or junior? Or?
3: Actually, he's the fifth,
2: James Butler, the fifth. Yeah, all right, shout out James Butler, the fifth. Like, you can't look back and say, Man, if if just this next day can be like that day,
3: I agree with you,
2: right? To constantly compare 2017, if they have first of all, if they have a draft like that. They're winning the South next year, and they're going to be awesome because that draft they had six picks in the first hundred and three. Right, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson, and then they had one other pick in Alqadine Muhammad in the sixth, uh, in the sixth round, who just signed a ten million dollar contract. Not with the Saints, but all those guys are getting paid. All those guys are playing. To say, oh, I mean, look at that. Jeff Ireland has had some good drafts. He's also had some bad ones. They had three picks in the top 76 last year. We don't know about Peyton Turner yet. We'll see. But Paulson Adebo and um, and uh, Pete Warner look like pretty good picks for being, you know, second and third round guys.
3: I called that, by the way. You were skeptical. I just want to throw that out there.
2: Skeptical of what?
3: Paulson Adebo. I
2: was. I was. And you were right. I mean, I was right about a lot of things. So. <laughs> like, you can't just I take mean, a compliment. You just can't, I mean, <laughs> you can't I, sit there and be it. like, yeah. <laughs> and what else? What about 2020? <laughs> they had three picks in the top 105. And they, you know, moved up and gave up a bunch of picks to get him. Cicero Eve, Zach Bond, Adam Troutman.
3: Where is Zach Bond at?
2: Not good. That's where. I, I I was stupid to buy into how he looked in the preseason last year. Shame on me for that. He's, he's he's an okay special teamer.
3: Adam Trotman, where is he at? Oh,
2: he's your starter last year, and tight end was not good. My point is, you can have a draft like 2020, no bueno. You can have one like last year, TBD, but looking good. Can you have one like 2017? I think you're getting carried away if, if you think that that's a, a you know, if, that, if that's your standard, like, come on. Yeah. Not every day in life can be the best day of your life. Not yeah. every not every draft can be the best draft in NFL history. Yeah. So, three picks in the top, four picks in the top 101. Who's to say if they keep them? People keep asking me, like, oh, will they do this? I've always based on what I think the Saints do in a draft or in free agency the last, I don't know, 11 years based on what Sean Payton had done prior to that. He's mm-hmm. not there anymore. This is a whole new thing, and he called all the shots. So who knows what they're going to do in the draft. Maybe they would actually trade back. Well, they love to be aggressive. Well, they love best player available. You're, you're talking like Sean Payton's still there. Right. He was calling all the shots. Who knows? Right. Oh, they like this position more than that. I don't, we we really don't who know. Who knows what to expect? And to expect yeah. them to just knock it out the park because Jeff Ireland's there, and you know he had a historically great draft. He also had some like in 2018 and 2020 that were – not so great. I mean...
3: It, who was 2018? Call it out, because I can't remember. Davenport. two first
2: to it's, get Davenport. That's debatable. Then you had... No, not yet. Traquan Smith. Okay. In the third. All right. In the fourth, you drafted a guy on Rick Leonard that every... Who is that? Draft analyst said was, at best, a seventh-round pick. Oh, he didn't make the team. You drafted Natrell Jamerson in the fifth, Cameron Moore in the sixth, Boston Scott in the sixth, who... You tried to hide on and off the practice squad yeah. of the active roster, and then it, you ran out of time. Philly yeah. took him, and he's playing there. And then you had Will Clapp in the seventh. Yeah, that's... Look what you did with your first three. I mean, you, so, this I, and we still don't know about Peyton Turner. Hopefully it's good. Other guys they drafted last year later in the you know, after 101, was Ian Book at 133, Landon Young in the sixth round. I like um, Landon Young. Know, and Kawan Baker, who late in the season very late in the season, got on the roster for, I think, two games because injuries and COVID hit and they yeah. just, you know, needed someone. But I, I last year's TBD for sure. 2020, I, I like we Landy only have Landy. two seasons of it, but let's not act like it's it's showing great returns thus
3: far. But you know what, though, speaking of that, like I said, I like Landy Young. And the small sample size that we got up Peyton Turner, I was, I was impressed. But, I mean, like I said. He had know, one sack last year. I mean, but he played, like, what, one game? Well, well <laughs> so, that's, if mean, that's the
2: case, and that ain't good.
3: You know, but I mean... That ain't good. I mean, but he wasn't just disruptive as far as Sacks go. Like, he was basically...
2: I I, I, I like what I saw. Can he yeah. stay on the field? Yeah, I don't I see. I mean, that's the thing with Davenport, that, That's that right? Davenport effect. Right. You know? He, Davenport's heading in the last year of his contract. Exactly.
3: He, so do you pay him or do you let him walk?
2: Does he play 16 games this year at an all-pro level and force you to? Or does he play really good for, like... Seven games, then appear in three others and miss six. Yeah, if because that's that's what that's what's probably going to happen. And if that happens, then no, no, then so you, you just hope, Then you then you then you have David 2.0 and Peyton Turner maybe. Yeah.
3: Bring. Uh, see,
2: see, I, I'm. You know what? I expected you to come in here and be all why overly optimistic and rosy about Saints free agency, but it sounds like you're taking a realistic approach.
3: What you mean? This is my normal approach no, that I take. You normally. What you expecting like, me to
2: say? Oh my God, Marcus May is incredible, and Kadarius Street, and just some great Trae is he could be a, a first team All Pro. I expected that. I would Never from say you. nothing like that. Come on, I mean, Scott. I would never say don't. that. Come on, you've said some things, James.
3: But come on, like that Trae Quan Smith. You're thing like is I have a, a line. Little, like come on, man. Like that's 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 low key disrespectful that you would say that i would say something like that man look but i i like i do like the signings that we you know that we did but i'm not coming in here i don't know what they're gonna do i can't i like you said i can't pinpoint what the team is gonna do because sean payton isn't there anymore you know we've been stuck on what sean payton has been doing so we can't speculate
2: i got there there you go i I mean that's such a realistic and objective thing you just said i'm kind of shocked
3: well, I might to switch it up then. Since you're shocked, I might to switch it up. About back to, to walk my,
2: over, and back, like, <laughs> back, to my,
3: back to my old days, man. All
2: right, Dennis Allen is speaking right now uh, via Zoom at. Um, I think all the coaches are at the NFL owners meetings. Anyway, um, Nick Underhill and others are are tweeting some of the things he has said. Shout out to Nick. Dennis Allen says the plan is to. It's funny we we're just talking about the tight end position. Dennis Allen says the plan is to have Taysom Hill focus on tight end.
3: No, but that's not real. He did not just say that. He said it. He did not say that.
2: Nick tweeted this three minutes ago. He did not say that. Yep. Yep. Are you serious? I mean, the word was out that, you know, the Hill experiment at QB was done. I think you got to let Taysom play all those positions, right?
3: Yeah, don't just put him at – I I don't like putting him in a box like that. But then I'm not a coach, so I don't know. But I I, don't, I just don't like putting him in a box Correct. And,
2: and making him do it Look, I'm not for him being the starting quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Let him have his package of plays. Let him play the H-back, tight end, receiver at times. Like He's not even big to enough run. to
3: play tight end like that.
2: I mean, he's going to have to go put on more weight and block. And that – is that – People will try to spin this as, oh, it's just, oh, it's great for Taysom. It tells you how bad Saints tight end is. And you're if you have a Swiss Army knife, why would you only use one tool in it? If you have a pocket knife, what if you only broke out the tiny little corkscrew and yeah. that was it?
3: Well, maybe if it's like an H-back type of role where he can line up in different different areas of the field and do different things. Maybe that's what he's talking that, about. so Allen just said just the like plan is to
2: have Taysom Hill focus on tight end, which I guess means you know, Ian Book and Blake Bortles are your primary backup QBs. Okay. If Jameis Winston got hurt. Blake Bortles all the way. You wouldn't, you would rather Blake Bortles than Taysom Hill.
3: uh, uh,
2: Simeon, maybe, not Blake.
3: Come on, man. Blake Bortles Bortles went to the AFC Championship game.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Trevor Simeon was a pro bowler, and then he went 0-4 as a Saints starter last
3: year. Okay, but he didn't go to the AFC Championship game, though. So. Blake Bortles did so. so I mean, is hey, that, is
2: that I mean, is that it? That's all.
3: ASC championship game Four Pro Bowls. Let's not. I act mean, like, a Pro or no, no, no,
2: whatever. Well, one, one, one two, Pro Bowl is a joke. I mean, no, look, I, I don't even. I don't even like. We Blake Bortles is a f- funny guy to just root for, um, and I do. <laughs> I still forget <laughs> he's even on the Saints. But like, let's let's. I think Blake is a starter. I think that ship has sailed. He kind of just bounces around the league now, and goes QB room to QB room. AFC championship
3: game. Probably. They should have
2: won that game.
3: They should have.
2: They that, that was a fumble.
3: Yeah, man. I don't even want to talk. Because see, that kind of stuff right there, it just brings back bad memories of, like, bad calls, if you know what I'm saying. And it's just, I don't want to
2: well, bring that up. Well, the Patriots up. went on to lose in the uh, Super Bowl to the Eagles that year. But, yeah, you almost had a Nick Foles, Blake Bortles Super Bowl. That's crazy, isn't it? And then what happened? The Jaguars fell completely apart because they had not experienced great success, and they had no idea how to handle any of it.
3: Well, let me ask you this: What do you think the plan is for Ian Book?
2: I don't know a third-string quarterback. There's no way. What do you mean? There's no way. Like they took him in the fourth round, James. Let's not act like they were like this. First round pick, he's our future. I mean, Russell Wilson went the third. He, why do you do that? <laughs> I, love when people are like, the Se- I love when people are like, the Seahawks knew. Or I love when people are like, oh, the Patriots knew when they took Brady. Like, no, they didn't. <laughs> they took him in like whatever, the sixth round, 196. Like, no. If anyone knew that, if they knew that, they would have taken him in the first round. Like, stop yeah. with this. Stop this. Night.
3: I just knew. I knew before I said it, I knew what your reaction would be. Man. But nah, man, for real, though. So, Russell Wilson went the third.
2: Yeah. And look what he is now. Cool. He started right out the gate. So, who's to they say? They paid Matt Flynn, and they saw Russell Wilson in training camp, and they're like, okay.
3: They didn't have a choice.
2: No, they, they saw how good he was. Right, he didn't give them a choice. He was just that good. Like, Herb uh, Jones, a second-round pick, and most guys in the NBA in the second round, they don't even make the team. That's true. By game two, Willie Green's like, I'm starting this guy. Like, but, I don't and people wait. are like, oh my God, how bad is it? They're starting a second rounder. or he's like, I I I am the coach. I see what's happening in practice. Yeah. I'm starting this guy.
3: But shout out to Trey Murphy, though. He
2: had a game.
3: Shout out to Trey he had Murphy. His big though. game. And I love the confidence, man. I love to see the confidence he he he's starting to get, man. That's amazing. Shout out to Trey Murphy,
2: man. All right. Is the NFL about to head to the subscription streaming service. We'll give you the details on that. Final four heading to NOLA. What's it like for state troopers when a gigantic sporting event comes to the state?
3: It's crazy you asked that.
2: uh, You're going to give us the details on that as well. It's all coming your way. When we come back after this, I'm Scott Brather. That is the guy himself, James Butler, the fourth Right. Former right. Raging Cajun and NFL wide receiver in studio with me. Don't go anywhere. It's a great Scott show. We're right back right after this.
0: You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the NFL, which stands for
2: not for long when you make them calls.
0: ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app.
2: great Scott show uh James requested some easy so I gave him that number right there <laughs> even, no little, sp- no little throwback joke there no, no response no response needed um NFL streaming service you know I'm surprised that the NFL never hadn't done this sooner or thought of this but it always felt like NFL plus was was going to be in the future NFL plus Some kind of subscription service. Um, Now, on one hand, you can't just take all your material because you have your TV deals, network TV. I mean, the biggest money maker for the NFL is the TV contracts. Right, right. Fox, CBS, ABC, Amazon, ABC slash ESPN. Like, that's where it's at. So what do they do on a streaming service where, you know, a pay-for-streaming service apparently according to Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic, uh, feature game broadcast, radio play-by-play access, podcast, team-specific content. I really think it's just the early stages of it have to be every NFL game ever, if you want to watch it, it's here. Right. I I think that's what you just have to start with. Now, I know that's a huge library, but what I mean, what... My thing is the NFL. There's so much content everywhere, everywhere, mm-hmm. right? It's constantly consumed all over TV. So, what edge could they have that would make you actually want to spend your hard-earned money to get? Like, where where do they go here if right. you were doing it? I, I'm right. asking you. I don't even no, know. Like,
3: I don't know either. Like, as you're explaining it, I'm, I'm trying to sit here and think like, what would set them apart from what we already have? And I don't, I don't know what that could be. So that's why when you explained it, I was like, well, that's a little weird because. It's not like, so say like a Disney Plus, like we don't have access to these shows and these movies all the time. So it's good to, right, you know, but we could just go on YouTube and watch highlights from the game. Highlights, you know, right? The NFL can, is know.
2: is constantly trying to take stuff off of social media all the time. Um, I have a few friends, their accounts have been suspended on Twitter a few times. Like analysts, like people that do it for a living what? because they, yeah, because they showed game footage and they broke it down or whatever. They
1: so didn't that's pay a real for the thing. all
2: 22. Yeah you know the NFL will if they'll they'll if there's enough followers or something they want to control and and have the rights over everything but because it's just because there's podcasts now that fans can get about their team because there's so much coverage it might sound dumb i'm sure they'll look they'll find something and some people will pay for it and there's something you and i aren't thinking of right now but when i saw this news of NFL plus i'm like unless they got sole rights to broadcast a game a week or something, which they can't until the next TV contract runs out, which isn't for another 10 years. What are you going to pay for where you're like, some will, but how are you going to get an overwhelming amount of people to pay for something when there's so much other content that's readily available? You know, what's, what's exclusive NFL content that we don't currently have that you would pay extra for nothing. Because you're already paying for the other stuff, right? You may pay for cable, maybe you pay for Amazon Prime, so you can watch Thursday night games. Now, I don't know, but
3: but Thursday night games just come on TV anyway. Like, not you know, anymore. Not, they now. Don't, not
2: anymore. Since when? moving forward, it's just Amazon Prime. So that's what they they came on and said. Wow. Wow. Good thing I have Amazon Prime then. Now, if it's your, if it's a team in your own market, like if the Saints were playing in it, that that would also air on. I'm not even sure what channel, but it would air locally. So if it's a team in your home market, you get the game. If it's not, the only way to see it is Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah, they they just hired Al Michaels. He's going to be doing the games, the legend. He's going to be doing the games with uh, Kirk Herbstreit. Okay.
3: Okay. Well, you know what, man? At least they're doing that. I wish the Pelicans and the NBA would make it easier to watch those games. Cause... Yeah,
2: man. You, 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 I, you were texting me the other night on Sunday. I'm like, James can't even see the Pelicans.
3: Man, and I had to... I,
2: th- I actually thought you were working. I didn't realize you were off at that. No, moment. I was
3: off and, and so you just couldn't see it. And so like I'm glorious, I'm way. in I know and I'm in a frantic because I'm checking the scores. So let me tell you my timeline with this. So I had just got off or something like that and I had to go do something and I checked the score and it was halftime. I remember it was 67-47 and I was like, "Man." <sighs> I can't believe we laying the egg like this. So then I went, got something to eat, came back, and I seen it was like 85, 78. And I'm like, okay, like here we go. we coming back. And once I seen that we were like four points behind, I think it was like maybe 96, 92 or something like that. I was, I was. You're just refreshing. I was just refreshing the phone over and over and over yeah. and over again, and I'm on like I'm on my heels trying to. Like, I'm like, come it's on. it's an important game, I'm man. Like, Please. After
2: losing to San Antonio Saturday, they really need. You lose that, you lose, uh, probably lose a stronghold of the nine spot. Now you're only game up on the Spurs. You could have the se- you know the season series was tied two to two, but they have a better conference record. So now you're like, you go from. I mean, we'll probably host the Lakers in a play-in or at least set ourselves up to that. To, oh, my gosh, we might not even get in. Right. That important of a game. I also had a $500 bet on the Pelicans' money line. So oh, Wow. <laughs> I, so I, were, was, I was I I was was confident they'd win. Now, I didn't bet with the spread, which they actually ended up covering. It yeah. was four and a half. My wife knew about it, too. So usually I I, I get to watch most of the game, but it started kind of early. So we were kind of tied up with the kids and, She's checking her phone. She's like, "They're down, 20. 23 now." Yeah. I'm like, "Sorry, right. just you know,
1: just yeah. wait so,
2: so, it <laughs> <laughs> So you were cool. You were cool. Just eventually, yeah. I oh, never had a doubt. It, it, LeBron was going off, but you look yeah, at the was. rest of the roster. You're like, "Like really? Like this? This isn't gonna hold up." And say this about these Pelicans, man they They don't. They're not the most talented team in New Orleans, you know, pro basketball history, but they never. I mean, they never bow down. They never just stopped just grinding. And so they just kept chipping and chipping. And then when things get hot and the momentum sways and they have this great energy and the, the Smoothie Kingston was going crazy, we ended up turning it on, you know, in the third. And, and then my son's all into it and he's screaming and doesn't realize why my wife's actually like kind of really into yeah, yeah, it. And yeah, then they yeah. they come back yeah. and win. And uh, that was nice. That was nice. Man,
3: but you know, you know what, though, what the biggest thing about that is? that people, I guess they realize it, but what people don't, the leadership, man. The leadership. But it takes good leadership.
2: Attitude. Attitude to, reflects leadership.
3: Attitude Name that this. movie. Hey, man. Hey, hey, seen it a million times. Captain. Um, um People don't realize, though, like, it, it takes leadership to get a team to rally 20 down. Because you already, like, emotions are high. You already know this is an important game. You know, so for him to get his guys to rally around around each other and and come back like that against the Lakers, I was just like, man, I think they made the right. I thought they made the right hire. It was a, back it was then. Higher, but I
2: mean, when they hired Van Gundy, me and uh, Seth Lewis from TV Three, I don't know, we were kind of like, it's okay, like kind of wish they'd gone a younger like route. It. It's a retread. I didn't. I did not like it either. What like I didn't. It. I didn't publicly say this is terrible. I just. I said. I would have preferred them go a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth was with me. A lot of people online were like, oh, this is a great hire. Turns out it was a horrendous hire. Um, Willie Green was a great hire, obviously. The reason the comeback didn't surprise me Sunday is because look at what they've, and, and you're right about leadership, look what they've done this season. Mm-hmm. They are 3-16. and, 16. Mm-hmm. and Zion out the whole season. The whole time. We might get him back. We might not. He's not here anymore. Who knows what's going on. And they rallied back from that to to get to where they are, you know? So that's that three and six. And, and Brandon Ingram, by the way, who's awesome when he plays, missed 25 games this year yep. due to injury. Yep. Yes, trading for CJ McCollum has helped. But to have a rookie class where you have a second-rounder and an undrafted guy that just got his real contract in Jose Alvarado. Love him. That I Love him. You don't, you don't have UDFAs in the NBA and second-round picks playing – meaningful minutes coaching man huge minutes lateness it's just so rare and then their first round pick to have finally his his big game his big moment to see the teammates happy for him it was uh it was great man Valanchunas uh, that guy's what I love the way Valanchunas plays man for real his game is rugged and handsome yeah like his looks man.
3: (laughs) yeah man that dude I love the way he plays man
2: my son's favorite player is Zion, but since Zion hadn't played this year, I think now it's yeah. he draws pictures of Jonas. Yeah, man. And he's like, Dad, why can't you grow a beard like that? I'm like, If only, son. If only. <laughs> <laughs> he loves watching me. He's man. always like, Man, he's seven feet tall. He does this. But they, they, uh, what a great. Just it's it's fun right now. been I mean, look. Haters are going to say, Oh, whatever. You'll just shut up. They have a losing record. Like, no, man. If you, you follow this team, you, you wanted something. Playing meaningful basketball this time of year hadn't happened in four years, by the way. To have people constantly badgering the team on a national scale that don't follow it and this and that. To have negativity away from the court, to have the questions designed, all that stuff. To be just playing meaningful basketball, to have the arena going crazy and just have players that in a coach that are all buying in like you just wanted to see something you could build on and you're seeing it right Yeah, like maybe they lose the play and maybe they don't maybe they win the first one lose the second it's it's not just about if you think Pels fans are just excited about this moment then you're losing sight of what they've been through it's not just this moment it's about sort of what it what it seems to signify because even with the negative negative stuff and or the questions rather surrounding Zion it's like to still be where they are and have there's I, my point is I totally understand why any long term fan of this team would be really excited. Yeah,
3: I'm them. I'm extremely excited. But you're right. I, what I don't like, and I guess it comes with the territory of a quote unquote small market, is I don't like how the media isn't even giving you know Willie Green any credit.
2: Well, it, it's 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 because of their overall record. I get that, but do they know the
3: obstacles? Like you said, that he had to overcome to get the team a few, to this point. I think a few of
2: people that actually follow Lee closely, like a Zach Lowe. I mean, uh-huh. there are, but like if you're just talking about talking heads, like they don't they don't watch all the games. But, they just the they Lakers. have a producer every day that's like talk about the Lakers, talk about LeBron, have a take on this, talk about Zion. Like, mm-hmm. how many times do you watch one of those talking head shows where they debate or whatever? And they're actually like breaking down specific things that happen in a game. More often, right. it's just needs help or he should leave or, mm-hmm. oh, this team is good or, oh, they have beef. It's not like, yeah. are you watching the the X's and O's of what this coach did, of this play they drew up, of what this bench is doing, of how this comeback actually occurred? Like that's, it's like, it, you can find it, you just have to look in the right places and you know, most of the wrong places are the ones that have the biggest platforms and the most access, and that's what a lot of people consume, and then they tweet about it on social media. And like They get deleted. You know, go. I, I've always liked what, what, uh, what Zach Lowe does. I've always liked, you know, some people that cover the sport, and others, like, I don't, people, Pelicans fans can't stand Kendrick Perkins. I'm like, what? Like, you, the guy gaslights. Like, that's what he does. Yeah. Like, why are you, who cares? Yeah. Who cares about Kendrick Perkins? Yeah.
3: But I'm surprised you weren't at the game, man.
2: I mean, I, how would I get to that game on a Sunday with all that with kids? I mean, I, I would have loved to have been there. They get in the, if if they're hosting the play, and I got to find a you got to
3: find a way now.
2: Yeah, other basketballs happening in New Orleans this weekend, right? The Final Four, right? The Blue Blood Final Four. The CBS executives were all really happy, dare I say, aroused when they got this Final Four. They're like, oh, my God, this is great. I think it's great for the state because Duke-UNC, Villanova-Kansas, you're going to have a lot of fans show up, tons of fans show up. The Coach K thing, I want them to lose so much. Um, Why? I hate Duke. Um, And here's my question for you, though. You're going to have maybe some rowdy fans from the Midwest that like Kansas. You're going to have a bunch of Duke fans that are, like, you know, uh, telling bouncers, like, if you touch me, I'll sue you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know. Definitely. <laughs> you'll probably hear. So, So, as a state trooper now, James, when a huge event comes to your hometown or or somewhere in the state, but the Final Four is a huge event. Mm-hmm. What is um, – what's business like for you guys? How do you all deal with it? Do you, do you see an uptick in crime? Like, what – from a work standpoint, do they say, okay, we need more hours here because we have to cover for this? Right. How does it work? Well, let me, let me break
3: it down for you like this. So if you're just a regular, I want to say regular, but if you're just um, not involved in anything and you're just working on the road, then you don't necessarily have to worry about that out here in Lafayette yet because typically you're not going to New Orleans to work something. The difference with me is I'm a part of a a, a team within state police called Mobile Field Force. And what we do, we specialize in active shooter situations, uh, riots, um, large crowd situations, stuff like that. So whenever a big event come, usually we get uh, requested by the people of New Orleans, like the higher up, so to say, that they want mobile field force to come down and and just be there to try to you know control the crowd and make sure that nothing happens. So because I am a part of that some of the events like Bayou Classic, the Final Four, Mardi Gras, things like that, sometimes I'm there because I'm part of that team. Um, the riots that happened in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, I was there because I'm a part of that team. So um, the Final Four came around. I'm, I'm actually not working it because the, I didn't get picked to work it, but I was actually about to, I was on the list to go because I'm off that weekend technically. So I was on the list to go. I didn't get picked. Um... So, what happens is they usually, we usually, you know, go to a briefing and they usually tell us, look, this is the crowd that we're expecting. Here are the areas where most of the tourists go. uh, Most likely foot patrol on Bourbon Street because that's where all the tourists go. And yeah, just try to prevent things from happening pretty much
2: foot patrol. So, you never, you'd never have to like get on a horse. No. Are those just local cops that are always on yeah, the horses? Yeah, no, let's
3: say Troopers on horses, too, but you have to go training for that. But that's not my... I don't
2: really want to be a cowboy. I don't really want to do that. You don't want to nah, get on a horse? I'm good on that, man. Horses are big. It's very big. they are big, man.
3: It's a... Come on, man. <laughs> I'm not doing that, man. I'm not doing it.
2: They um, So, you have it off, but, like, if something crazy happened, then right. you just get called it. You're basically on right. the call.
3: And that's what happened this past week. So, I worked Monday and Tuesday... During the day, five five a.m. to five p.m. So Tuesday, I worked five a.m. to five p.m. Nine o'clock rolls around. I'm in the bed, on social media, watching TV. I get a call. Hey, man, uh, Saint Bernard Parish just the, got the hit, tornado. and that's because I'm a part of Mobile Field Force. If I wasn't a part of Mobile Field Force, I would have never got that call. Man, thoughts be- and prayers to all those folks. Huh? Definitely, it was definitely. Bad, huh? Yeah, definitely bad. But because I'm a part of Mobile Field Force, I got that call. So I had to leave my bed at 9 o'clock and drive to New Orleans and work, well, drive to St. Bernard and work that whole night after just working a 12-hour shift. And then we came back the next day at um, at 6 p.m. and worked throughout the night and same thing on Thursday. So,
2: yeah. If you ever were forced to, you know, have to... Arrest like your favorite player would it would it hurt a little mm, yeah. or would you just favorite request? player how uh you know like- a player for your favorite team, you know if
3: it's Anthony Davis, I won't no I, won't the, I said your
2: favorite player,
3: yeah, but I don't know I don't really <laughs> have a, I, I just want to throw that out there <laughs> because it made me mad how he was standing up there at the game. I seen the pictures. did you see the pictures no yeah, I just don't even come back here, like don't even travel with the team, like don't even. Yeah, if I had to arrest my favorite player, man, I'd probably be very apologetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, look, I'm so sorry. I don't really want to do this to you, man, but I have to. You what know? if they,
2: like, slapped
3: you, though? Oh, well, yeah. Well, then it's, then where you're, then no it's long, like, you're instantly then no longer boom. my favorite player, <laughs> and I'm going to treat you as such. Okay? Like, you're not about to slap me, man. I don't care who you are.
2: James Butler, state trooper, former NFL and UL wide receiver, our guest. You just asked why I can't stand Duke. You want, Jay Walker's about to come sit down. You want to, you want an educated answer on why it's not good to root for Yeah, team? yeah,
3: I want to hear because I don't, because you're not the first person I heard say that.
2: If you're, first of all, Duke's binary. Like if, if you don't have a strong opinion of Duke, you like Duke.
3: Yeah, I like Duke.
2: Oh, I you can't be, indi- if you're indifferent about Duke, then I won't trust you, James. If you can like him or is hate him. The all right, we're going to find out. You can stay tuned, everybody. Going to hang out. Jay Walker's coming in the studio. The Great Scott Show continues right after this. You're listening to ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott Show. I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio. Sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odd parlays of the day, and more. Eight o'clock hour right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
4: Two, I'm
0: a type of MC. ESPN.
4: ESPN.
0: Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
1: Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Fraser. Steal the show.
2: Hello everybody, welcome in to The Great Scott Show, hour number two. I'm Scott Prather, it's Tuesday, so the legend himself, Jay Walker, is uh, in studio with me. Jello. How you doing? I'm good. We have an extra guest today, we wanted to I, hang out. I, I, and I like that. James Butler, the uh, James Butler the 4th I'm back. That's right. ID. The man right. himself. Um... By the way, Troy, who likes to email and give you a hard time, actually said some nice things about you. Really? Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll yeah, circle please, back to that. because you know, you, that, that, had, that hasn't happened. Well, that might change if you don't listen to what Jay and I are about to tell you. Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Because, Jay, we were talking about a little bit about the Final Four, and I was actually asking him as a state trooper what it's like when a giant sporting event comes to the state for law enforcement and all that other stuff. And then, then I kind of started to talk about how it's great who's in the final four because they're going to bring so many people. And I just, I really want Duke to lose. Even though I have some best friends that love Duke and my brother-in-law graduated from there and they don't like that. I hate him, but I just hate him. He's like, why do you hate him? I was like, wait a minute. What? He's <laughs> like, what? Why? He's like, yeah, I hear people say that a lot.
1: Um, so Jay, let me ask you, why do you, why do you hate Duke basketball? Well, you know, Duke is kind of like the Cowboys or the Yankees. You know, part of it is you hate them because they're good. Okay. And and they are good. Really? All right? They are really. good. I mean,
2: Coach Gay has the best, one of the best resumes ever for but, a college. But coach. it's
1: also like the playing field's not level. Okay. Okay? That, and I keep going back to something that happened about 10 years ago. American Express has a commercial. And the commercial is nothing but 30 seconds of the philosophy of Coach K. And I remember one of the lines, he said, you know, some people look at me as a basketball coach, I look at myself as a teacher who happens to coach basketball, or something like that. And I'm going, this dude is getting free 30-second recruiting commercials yep. thanks to American Express. All right, and and, and it's like, they, they they have put look from everything that I I've heard, Mike is a great human being. Mm-hmm. Okay? From everything I've heard. Mm-hmm. But he gets put on a pedestal by everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of seeing the damn Christian Leitner shot. I mean, that thing happened what? Thirty years, 30 30 and years 30 ago. Thirty years and one day ago. And and I have already seen it. Three times, and I haven't been glued to the television during fight. I've been duked to death. Now, one other thing, and and this one uh, really is just me, okay, as opposed to general public. My first year doing radio for the for the Cajuns, I was in um, Hawaii for a tournament. Okay, and a man walked all the way across the room. Walked up to me and said, I don't believe we've met. I'm Dean Smith, who was okay. the head coach at North Carolina. Okay. Well, when it comes to Carolina and Duke, you got to choose your blue. Right. I chose my blue that day. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yep. another reason why I hate Duke is because I'm loyal to North Carolina.
2: Right. So. And Coach K, when it comes to doing, you know, interviews with local radio and others, he, uh, he just takes a pass on that and
1: has forever. He sends an assistant, right? Well, you know, this year he's actually been doing them. Well, he's enjoying it, but the but for you know, the, you know, you you've watched basketball at the end of the first half to grab a coach, mm-hmm. okay, and and the pretty girl asks a couple couple two three questions. Mm-hmm. He never would do it. He would send an assistant coach, and he was wow. the only one that wouldn't do it. Wow, My, I, I, it was like it was beneath him, Duke, and so I so no, I'm Duke to death. Duke yeah. all is he?
2: Duke fancies itself. And they and many believe that they do everything the right way. They do it clean. They do it by the book, and they frown down on the other blue bloods. And the reality is, Duke really, you know, they're they're a smaller private school, but they do it many of the same ways the other schools do. They swear they don't. They swear, oh no, you know, Coach K is he's all about morals and virtue, and he, you know, he's 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 very um. Let's, let's let's look at Duke UNC currently. Last year, season ended. Legendary coach Roy Williams won multiple national championships. Quietly retires in North Carolina. Already had a succession plan in place. Hubert Davis was going to be the head coach. You see him there this year. He's on the sideline cheering, not really doing interviews, just, just cheered for Carolina. Coach K, last June, said... I'm going to retire at the end of next season, and I want to make it publicly known because I don't want it to be a distraction. I want it to be about the kids. Like, dude, you're like one of maybe the greatest coach ever. So many in the media worship you you're announcing your retirement tour and claiming you want it to be about the kids. Yeah. That's a com- lie. That's then, a lie. Then he complains this year at times about the stress that comes with it of, well, you know, everywhere I go, people want to take a picture, and I just I don't want it to be about me. Dude, like it's, on senior night, in the last game ever at Cameron Indoor Stadium, do you think the seniors got any attention? No, it was about Coach K, who lost by 20 to UNC, then afterwards got on the mic and shushed the whole crowd and told the students to shut up. He goes, guys, quiet down. You know, we're not happy about it. It's like it's he's very much. I don't know if he I don't know if he's just in on it and he knows that he's doing it or if he actually
1: is just that. Jaded. And, and you know, Did what, Duke fans, being you know what Duke fans say about that? What? Oh, well, he earned it. He earned he earned the right to have everybody. heap praise on him for an entire year. But that's not the point. The point is, he says, I don't want it to be about me. And then he made it all about him. And then reportedly on this
2: farewell tour this year, whenever he played his final ACC games on the road against conference opponents, a lot of them gave him a gift.
1: Yeah. Uh, Louisville gave him um, a, um, a fifth of maker's mark, okay, that, that was dipped in Duke blue wax with his picture on it. Um and then and other folks yeah. you know that that's the one that, that comes to mind. But right. They knew it was his fairway. He made right. sure last June to tell everybody, hey, just so you that's know. Last time I'm gonna be here. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then he goes to Carolina and they don't do anything. They're the only ACC school that didn't do anything. It'd be, oh, how dare North Carolina do it's Duke. It's Coach K. It's the mo it's your most hated rival. You gonna give this guy presents? So they didn't. Yeah. And, and they got heavily criticized
2: for it. Yeah. It, reportedly he was upset by it. these are just a few examples, but you could start to see sort of the divide between those that love like when Jay and I used to get on Duke a lot, back before I think more people realized just how hypocritical it all was. We'd get emails and they were they weren't like STF, like be quiet. You guys suck. It was shame on both of you. Yeah. Coach K is a great individual. And for you guys to put him down, it's like shame. Like, again, sort of that condescending, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you guys are children. How could you say this? Mm -hmm. We have never denied that he's one of the greatest coaches ever. And now with this latest Final Four run, he has more Final Four appearances than John Wooden. Like, if he wins it all, Duke fans, and I know a lot of them, are go- they're going to let me hear it for the rest of my uh, life? It's going to be insufferable. Yeah. They're gonna, they, they. It has a chance. The final four has a chance to be hilarious if they lose to UNC of all teams in a year where UNC was an eight seed and not even all that great. Or even in the national title game, if he comes up just short, it also has a chance to be like the perfect ending for him and every Dukey, and they'll all be able to look at guys like Jay and I and people that root against them and basically just tell us, ha, you know, give me the old DX, boom. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. they can yeah. tell us to, to do that. And so, and, and, I, and I told, we'll go to the phone lines in a second. I told Jay this, shoot, I, I've been telling you this for the last few months. I'm going to miss Coach K because it is so fun to root against him. Like, I don't know if John, I don't know much about John. Sh- I remember when he played, like he, you know, he kind of looked like an angry you know, orc from Lord of the Rings when he would scream, but he was, I mean, he was a good player, but like, I don't know, like it's not coach K. And so to, to not be able to root against them is uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So
1: this final four is going to be, it'll still
2: be easy. This fine. Well, no, I mean, I I shouldn't say it's going to be tough. I'm not going to suddenly root for Duke, but I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Like when they lose, it's not going to be nearly as fun. Just seeing my oh no, I, face. no. Every
1: time, for the last you know x number of years, every time that they lost, it was it. it you know, we would like it was nice. You felt you felt like you wanted to like have a celebratory beer or
2: something. Yeah, it was good. And and that's how I'll feel Saturday or Monday if it happens. But if they win, I might actually be at the title game Monday. Next to one of my good friends that's a hardcore Duke fan. If they're in that game, and I'm sitting next to You need any
1: Carolina blue
2: to wear? I might. I might. Well, I'm not going to be there Saturday. Okay. But, you know, maybe some Nova or Kansas blue. I don't know. I just...
3: You know what? It does sound very Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. It does. It does. Now that y'all explaining it to me.
2: Now, the difference is Cowboy fans sort of acknowledge their arrogance. They lean into Mm -hmm. it. I think for... For a lot of Duke fans, they're they are unaware of the arrogance. Right. They think of okay. it as no, we're just we're classy. Yeah. yeah, I just got a text by the way that said shame, shame, shame. <laughs> so you know what? I'm not
3: a. I can see why you know y'all feel that way about Duke now. I don't know. I, I haven't experienced it, so maybe I need to pay more closer attention. Oh, you
2: anyway. just haven't had a you just haven't had a, a close person in your life that was a Duke
3: fan. Yeah, I really I. I I don't think I've met anyone. And that man—that means you're blessed. <laughs> yeah, I haven't met anyone that's the Duke fan. Some of really. the
2: Duke fans of my life, I love them. They're—they're—they're they're, they're awesome. But well, when it comes to to those games, it's like no, nope, you know, it's on. I, it's yeah. on.
1: One one of uh, not Jones Junior, but the other Jones Junior sends me a, a a Facebook message the other night, and he said, "Dad and I are going to the Final Four. and of course, this was before Duke won their Elite Eight game. And he said, "I have never been so nervous before a Duke game in my entire life." And it was like I wanted to. Um, who'd they beat? Arkansas. Arkansas. I wanted to send him a text that said, "Woo, woo pig suey." Okay. <laughs> and I and I said, "No, you know." <sighs> Look, I ain't going to root for Duke, but I'm also not going to harass you either. I'm not going to harass my you know, brother. He's good, a graduate of Duke. Yeah, he you loves know, good, the Blue Devil. I said, good luck, man. And at, at the end, I said, congratulations, enjoy the final four. Now,
2: you know. My other friend, my old college roommate, I will harass the hell out of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will harass. And if they win, he's going to harass the hell out of me. So yeah. it's on. All right, uh, let's take one quick phone call. I think it's a Duke fan here. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I don't believe you go miss him at all, Scott. I don't believe you go miss him. Not at all. You can just find somebody to hate on, somebody else to hate on,
3: whoever else that wins a lot. That's all. You're not going to miss Coach K at all, man. I mean, you know, it's amazing, too. You listen to people talk about Duke. They talk about, like, you know, how much they hate him or whatever, whatever, and he ain't clean. And and like I told you before, I I mean, I kind of knew that I'm a Duke fan. Ain't none of them clean. You know, ain't no program is really clean. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you he, he, he can go say it about everybody, you know. So,
4: But it's, it's amazing how people
3: talk about him and everything. I like they're so awful and everything. Coach Kid, is coach Kid, and I understand how y'all feel about him because nobody's perfect. He's a human too, so he might have dirty baggage too. Who knows? But it's amazing how people hammer them and how much y'all used to praise the Patriots when they was winning, though. And they're known for cheating, known scumbags, but y'all love them. Y'all, sit all right, up first there. of, about first about first how of all, first of all, Ronnie, No, on, no, no,
2: no, stop, 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 stop. I will hang up on you. Do not call and tell me that I praise the Patriots and don't ever talk about Spygate, you'll get run because I have done that for years. Yes. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Don't don't call and say, oh, yeah, you love the Patriots. No. 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 I, the Patriots, um, you know, there's some shady stuff. Deflategate, a lot of BS, Spygate, a lot of fire and smoke, a lot of legitimacy there. Anyway, so no, you'll get run if you come and claim I said something I didn't say. All right, Jay, sorry.
1: No, I, you know it's going to be interesting because he did say, who are you going to have to hate on? You know, we may pick somebody out. Look, there was a time when there were, you talk about polarizing coaches. Okay. And, and coach K was one. There was a time with Georgetown with John Thompson that look, Georgetown sold more gear nationwide, more paraphernalia than anybody else. And at the same time, Georgetown, you either loved him or you hated him. And and John Thompson was in that, in that boat. And people looked at John Thompson the same way they look at Krzyzewski. Great coach, but I hate him. And so there's going to be another polarizing figure down the road that is going to be who he is, and he's not going to care what you think about him. And I loved John Thompson, because that was his attitude. I don't care if you hate me. I don't care. I don't care. The um
2: the stars of college basketball aren't the players. Now, you'll have iconic teams that are that end up being remembered, Fab Five, the old Leighton or Duke teams, whatever. You have you have some of those. But they're they're sort of a moment in time. The stars of college basketball have always just been old men. It's the coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's Bill Self and his toupee at Kansas, which I like when they throw water on him. He's like, not the hair. Well, you know, it ain't it ain't, it ain't real. It's Shashevsky. It's it was Roy Williams. It's Beheim, who's been at Syracuse for forty six years. It was John Thompson, Jay Wright. I think currently the best coach in college basketball. Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. I think he's I think he's the best. Now, I don't think he's better than Coach K all time. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I just think he's right now the best coach in college. Well, basketball.
1: And, and that's because he's won national championships without having the best players. And he's gonna be well, missing one yeah, of so, his key
2: starters this this weekend. So are you
3: saying well besides missing the key starters, are you saying that what what chance are you giving them to winning the whole thing?
2: Losing losing their starting guard, who's an all-Big East player, especially in that they were, game. They, they only were thin, thin to start with. Yeah, okay, like they six don't much guys of a were playing double-digit minutes. I mean, and that's it. No I think they're down to about six guys now.
1: Yeah,
2: it's yeah. going to be awfully tough. In Kansas, it's just, they're the least talked-about team in the Final Four because they've just steamrolled everyone on their way there. They haven't been in a close game. Bill Self isn't retiring, and so none of their games have been memorable. And then, of course, Coach K is sucking every ounce of oxygen out of the room for the whole tournament because oh it's his it's his farewell tour right. um which he just doesn't like that I don't know why people are doing sure you don't when you announced back in June that you were going to retire so it is um I Kansas least talked about team here Jay
1: Yeah yeah um you know Villanova's talked about because you know here they are in the final 4 again and I think that there are a lot of people that follow college basketball that agree with what you just said. That Jay Wright's probably the best coach in college basketball. Um, and then there's so much about Duke and Carolina because it's Duke and Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and and they're going to play again, and this time a trip to the national championship is on the line. Uh, I was listening to somebody uh, yesterday. I don't remember, I don't know. I don't remember who it was who said there was not a doubt in their mind that North Carolina was going to beat them again. And I was a little surprised to hear that because I think Duke's playing their best basketball right now.
2: They're playing great. That's the thing. They're playing... Like, I want it to come out and be like, oh, well, you know, te- when they play Texas Tech, well, you know, the refs called it tight. Duke just, for the last eight minutes, shot lights out. They were great. Like, I can objectively you- say that Coach K is one of the greatest coaches of all time. When he... When, when, when team USA basketball got off track and, you know, won the bronze, which was like, what is Larry Brown doing? Like what the heck you don't, you don't win the bronze. They got coach K in there and they were back to being great. And then you had all these great pros t- saying all this great stuff about coach K. I'm like, all right, fine, fine. And I still ain't rooting for him. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, I, you know what I've heard from this week guys is, I mean, look, there at least has to be part of you that that's really cool. Like happy for him. I'm like, no, I'm not, no, no. Don't do not do that to me. I'm not, there's not a part of me that's happy for so him. So this is
3: a real hate that you have. Sports hate, sure. Yeah, yeah, sports hate. Yeah, sports of course. But, I, mean, I don't
2: hate like his, you know, his
3: grandchildren. But, man, anything. like this is real deep for you, I
1: see. This is Duke, this and, is Duke next, basketball. That's man. why I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. If Duke is in the championship game Oof. on Monday and the final seconds are ticking down and, it, and it's obvious that they're going to win... I will turn the television off. I will not watch the celebration. Wow, man. Will not watch it. I will wow. be sitting next to
2: my old roommate who is a hardcore Dukey. He went to, like, a Coach K basketball camp when he was a kid, and that, that's how he got hooked on him. But, like, living with him in college, any time Duke was on, every tournament, it was just like, i it was it was on. It was on. So now you know more about Duke Yeah, today. I guess, man.
3: <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard for me to watch. I'm... Incredibly biased, so but it's hard for me to root for any other team than you know my number one team. So I I kind of can't watch anything else. I'm wired that way. I know that's not right, but that's just you know.
2: What you just so you just watch UL basketball and nothing
3: else. I I can't really get into anything else. I'm sorry, man. Like that's just the way I'm wired with this. Like college football, I'll watch it because I enjoy football, but I won't get into it. But you like hardcore
2: Pelicans, but you watch other NBA games. College basketball just isn't really your thing. You never hate watch the Lakers.
3: No, like, like seriously. I think someone was on the Golden State Warriors and Memphis played last night, and it was on TV. It was on TV, and I purposely didn't watch it. I have no interest in watching this game. But it was the Pelicans, of course. I'm going to tune in or try to. I don't know. Days. I know that's not right, but that's just the way.
1: That's actually a healthy way. I mean. You are as just, a fan. I mean, that's fine. You don't have a lot of time.
2: You, you work a ton. You have a young child. It's like, if I'm going to spend time watching, I'm just going to watch my teams.
3: Yeah, man. And I scroll just,
2: Twitter and get upset about Scott tweeting something about the Saints.
3: I don't even think it's that deep. I think it's exactly what you say about me that I hate that you say about me. It's
2: So fanatical.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm just so emotional about my teams that it's like, I can't watch anything else because i don't want to watch anything else even if i had time to watch anything else if the, if it ain't Saints, pelicans cajuns i'd rather watch a movie than watch you know the super bowl i watched it because you know i just wanted to see Wait, it super was an interesting bowl. game but i was i kind of was like uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> wow i was like uh, all right i mean it's a it's a game you know
2: all right real quick um Troy emailed earlier, I just wanted to get this in for James. He said, Since your guest was talking down about the Miami Dolphins so bad, ask him what he thinks about him now. Then he kind of butters you up. He says, And I must say, he must be the coolest state trooper ever to take time out to go on your show.
3: Man, so that's kind of what I think about the Dolphins now. Y'all didn't y'all haven't done anything. I mean, the free agency moves wild, but you gotta win some games.
2: It's all about Tua, right? I mean, for both of y'all. Like they, I, I, I respect the Dolphins being ultra aggressive, and I said this: if if you feel like you have, because they have a ton of draft assets, they mm-hmm. still have two first round picks. Oh, they gave up a ton, but they have a ton. Like, mm-hmm. use them. It's it's all about Tua because people say it's a young man's league. It's a quarterback's league. They have the pieces around him, and if he ends up being a good pro quarterback, then Miami's going to be good. And if he is average or flusters, all those moves are just. You know, those players will get paid. They'll win some games, but it to me it's just no excuses. It's all it's all Something about to. it's all about Tua,
1: huh? Yeah, it is.
3: so basically that's that's the reason why they signed Teddy Bridgewater as a backup because if Tua is stinking to you know, stinking to join yes, up, then no. Teddy will step in and
2: Feels like it. Feels like it.
3: Do what they paid him to do.
2: ESPN and have the best ticket in sports um before we get into Terrible Tune Tuesday. Jay Walker had a nice little uh, game winner the other night on Friday. Walk off, I say game winner. That's basketball. Walk off on Friday. Cajuns won the series against South Alabama. Saturday could have won, but walked in. Walked in runs, as Coach Daggs like to say, being too generous. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was only the second conference series of the season, but I said going in, this feels like a a big moment right now uh, to book in that and get the win. And, and coach Dex told me yesterday, said, look, we have to, our standard, we can't just be happy winning two out of three that our standard has to be better, but we, we really, really needed to win the series. Um, in the grand scheme of things, how important do you think you're going to look back at that series against South Island?
1: Yeah. Year? I, you know, I, 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 am going to say, we'll see, you know, if, if they go on and like get on a roll then we're going to look back at that series and, and say that it was the springboard. And but if you know if they continue to play 500 baseball, you know it's it's good, it's just going to be well. You know we won a series against a, a really good team. What impressed me the most about it is this is Mark Calvey's 11th season at South Alabama, and he's had some he's he's had some very good teams. I think this is the best team he's had. And for to take two out of three from them, I think is a, is an accomplishment. Now you have to build on it. You know, people are talking about these two games um, that are scheduled this week against Southeastern tonight, New Orleans tomorrow. I'm talking about winning on the road, and and you know you lost three neutral site games away from home, and and I don't count those because the weather sucked and and the and the competition was was over their heads a little bit. But, you know, they they lost at Nichols, and they lost the three against Troy, and they lost them all in a row. So I was on a podcast last night with uh, Colin Lacey over at Georgia Southern, and, and we were talking about the league, and I said, the teams that can go on the road and win series against good teams and maybe sweet, bad teams, those are the guys that are going to win it because everybody's going to do well at home. And – um so so it is true. So I think Tuesday and Wednesday are important to show yourself that you don't have to be at Russo Park to win games because after Georgia Southern, you're going to spend a lot more time on the road than you are at home.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Southeastern not playing great this year.
1: UNO is playing pretty good. Southeastern's lost like they, – they beat Ole Miss, okay? They beat Ole Miss, and they're playing – one of the toughest schedules in America. Um, they beat all miss, and then they've lost like seven or nine in a row. They got everybody was all down about the Cajuns losing to Nichols the other night, and then Nichols goes to him and they sweep Southeastern. Yeah.
2: The, the Southeastern, they, they seem snake bit at the moment. I mean, I think they're, what they're, eight and 16? Yeah, eight and 17, I think. UNO's having a strong year. These two road games, I, I'm glad you said that about midweek games the fact that they're on the road show that you can win these and then you come home for another big conference series, but then you're on the road for a while, especially in conference. So, uh, and not just in conference. I mean, the back-to-back midweek games at Louisiana tech. I mean, there's, there's a lot of road games coming up after this next week. And so get some, get some road confidence tonight. The one you got at McNeese was, was great. That was big. Mm-hmm. Do that this week.
1: Yeah. Do, do that this week. And, um, you know, you mentioned two at Louisiana Tech. Cajun still have to go to LSU. Um, they only have, they only had three midweek home games this year. Because they owed Tech, because Tech played it twice at Russo Park last year. Um, they've been owing UNO a, a visit for a while now. Um, you know, you played Northwestern, Southeastern, and uh, in McNeese home and home. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, and Nichols. Um, So four, four games, uh, midweek games at home. But, you know, you're going to LSU and you're going to play Rice twice and that's in payback for the three that they played last year at at Russo Park. So you've got in non-conference play in midweek, you've got an inordinate amount of road games. But you had three of your four series at home uh you know before conference play started so the home away is pretty is pretty even but man you're a ton of midweek games on a road this year he but is, but that's an opportunity ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports I'm Scott Prather that is Jay
2: Walker we're coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio sponsored by Bet Rivers download the Bet Rivers Louisiana sports book app the best Louisiana sports betting experience learn more at betrivers.com 337-269-1077 let's take a quick phone call Good morning. Good morning. Welcome into the show.
1: Good morning. I just had a quick question about UL baseball for uh, Jay, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to think Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why the Daily Advertiser just flatly refuses to cover UL baseball when they cover every other sport and I can't seem to get an answer to that. Well, I don't work for the Daily Advertiser, but I probably can at least partially answer uh, your question: What has what happened? Of course, the Daily Advertiser is a Gannett newspaper, and I, I, I think everybody knows that. But what happened was you had a you had a guy who wrote for Gannett that covered LSU, and that was Glenn Gilbo, and uh, and then you had Tim who covered the Cajuns. Well, Glenn Gilbo left Gannett, and they hired another guy named Adam Hunsucker to go ahead and uh, take his place. Well, Adam worked for Gannett for about a month and a half, and then he left. And so what they did was they ordered Buckley to do a whole lot more LSU coverage. And um, so he did. And now, and a lot of people don't know this, but Tim has, Tim has left the advertiser too. So they don't have anybody to cover the Cajuns now. Uh, and when they only had one person, Gannett chose, not the advertiser, Gannett chose to to give more coverage to LSU. And you know that's the best I can do about answering your question. Well, uh, thanks for trying. It just would seem like the advertiser could maybe, you know, afford to hire somebody to cover it. They cover every other sport, you know, and certainly we have a huge fan base that would like to uh, see regular articles, but... You know, I appreciate the answer, Jay. All right. Th- all right. Thanks. It's, look, it, it, welcome. It's again. It's not the advertiser. It's not the advertiser. It's not the people down the street from where we are. Welcome to corporate newspaper. It's their, it's their bosses. Yeah. Welcome to corporate newspaper because let me tell you something. Corporate newspaper. No, don't care. They don't care. Uh, they they cut staff. Um, they you know they figure that they'll sell more newspapers. If um if they're super covering LSU and they don't really care what local folks think. Well
2: they way, don't. The what the corporate media works I, I think a lot of times when you're they're when you're a, a local media group that is owned and operated by a corporate group, I liken it to you know, if you're um if you're in battle, it's kinda like the airplanes dropping the bombs from, you know, six thousand feet up they're not the ones on the ground, like doing all the work. They don't see any of the work on the ground. They're just sort of, oh, here we go, boom, boom, boom. In, out, numbers, clicks. That's it. They're not on the ground. They don't they don't well, they should be. They I, I'm not gonna disagree with people when they say that, but that's just not how the corporate model yeah, that's just that's not it. how they operate.
1: By the way, I got a text that said there's a reason that Duke's mascots the devils. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. Blue,
2: I mean, we were talking last week about how, with the exception of Indiana, all of the blue bloods in college basketball all actually wear blue, and Villanova is the new blood blue blood, I feel like, even though they had that the 85 title, which is always going to be epic and one of the great upsets and runs ever, as of late, I think what Jay rides done, how much they've won, the fact that they have a chance to win their third national title in six years, which... That would be the closest span of national title since back when John Wooden was doing it at UCLA. They, Villanova's always been a basketball school, but I feel like in the last decade they've moved into okay. They are one of the college basketball blue bloods.
1: Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. Um, you know, they're not going to be a blue blood, but I did have an interesting statistic about the University of Houston. All right, Houston lost in the Elite Eight, okay? It's the first time they've ever lost in the Elite Eight. The other times that they had been there, they won and advanced to the Final Four. Now, they, they never won the whole thing. But they, they won two Elite Eights with Elvin Hayes back in the 60s. They won three with Faisalama Jamma. And then they won last year to get to the Final Four. It's the first time they've ever lost in the Elite Eight. And they were outmatched. They were in th- that particular game. They yeah, were they outmatched. Were. I, I, um, I still don't know how Fi Jamma didn't win a title. It, that that if, if,
2: if you hadn't even said it, I just would assume they did. You know what I mean? Well, Talk the great teams in sports that didn't win titles. They're high up on the list.
1: Well, they you know they the Valvano the Val year eighty three when they were heavily favored to win it. And then the next year they went back and they ran into Georgetown. Uh, and then Georgetown the next year got upset by Villanova, as you mentioned. But um, I'm amazed that Slama Jamma did not win the national championship. Because Rexler,
2: and Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> yes. won.
1: Yes, it was. And and it was, Bill, Faisalama Jamma, Texas tallest fraternity.
2: Well, didn't get it. When you get there, one more crazy coach case stat, then we'll get into Tune Tuesday. Of all the Final Fours he's been to, which is an obscene amount, he has never gotten to a Final Four that was in New Orleans, ever. He's been to like all of the other sites that have hosted multiple times. There was a string where maybe Duke had gone to like six of seven or seven of nine, and the two he didn't get to were the ones in New Orleans. And so now they're in the Superdome. The devils. <laughs> the devils. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back.
1: Terrible. Tune Tuesday on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
0: Coulda, shoulda, and woulda.
1: Back in 82, I used to be able to throw
0: a big-skinned quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter.
1: We'd have been state champions. no doubt.
0: ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Sports talk that's so legit. It smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? Uh, I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app.
2: Welcome back into the Gray Scott Show. It's Terrible Tune Tuesday. If you don't know what that song is, it is the Duke Blue Devils fight song. Great thing to lead Terrible Tune Tuesday in with. Shout out to one of our great longtime listeners, Mr. Judy's, for recommending that. Um, JTTT, my friend, uh, take it away. We're not doing an, a, a Hall of Fame
1: inductee this week. We, we no, have, we no have no Hall new of selections. Fame and, and you know, we had kinda, we've kind of gotten to the point where we almost need to start recycling because we I, we can still find terrible tunes they're just not as obvious anymore we're we're 6 years into this yes we are and so you look at it this way you say 50 weeks out of the year uh so that's what 1800 it's quite a it's yeah. it's a lot of songs a lot of songs um 1982 and and this song i guess if it would have been recorded by somebody else, probably would have been a big hit. But it just goes to show you that you could go back to that era of music and do some techno pop and a little disco stuff and uh, a little bit of, you know. This song just sounds like it was copied from every other song that sounded like this in the 80s. And then they give it to this young woman named Nancy Martinez, and I, and, I, and I think that the only reason it got in the airplay Was because it sounded like everything else It wasn't because it was a great song In fact It's taking so many different elements From music from that era That it's a terrible song This is called For Tonight Nancy Martinez on Terrible Tune Tuesday <laughs> i have to I have to correct myself um, when the song came on because I, I was listening to the radio when it came on and I just took a picture of the uh, of my radio in my car, so I'd remember the song it said eighty two that song actually came out in eighty six uh, so uh, series XM folks got that wrong, but that's okay um, and I mean touch me, I want to feel your body Samantha fox that sounds un- this song sounds an awful lot like that song. You just feel like too much of a good thing bad. Too much of a ripoff. I mean, you know, I, that, that song rips off everything about music in the early 80s. I, I'm, going back I to, can see that.
2: I'm going back to 1982 today. I kind of I like the 80s sound, though. So, like, it, my thing is with the one Jay just took, the first minute I'm like, come on, this is good. But then for the rest, the, the next two and a half minutes, I was like, okay, I need it to end. I need it to end uh you liked it didn't
3: you? i disagree like actually i actually, <laughs> actually like the James song liked man. I, I didn't think it was that bad but you know
2: hey i i i'm going to 1982 for a song that might get people angry because a lot of people like this song uh it was a, a hit a mild hit across. you've gotten the pond, me angry
1: a couple of times with your selection
2: across the pond in the uk 1982 and uh you know i confess some people were like yeah I like it. uh Elvis Costello claimed that the singing in this song was some of the most beautiful singing he'd ever heard. When I hear it, there are parts of it I like, but you said something about this, your choice jay that there's there's too much in it. That's how I feel about this. It's like there now now it's just too much you you focus on the good and now you're 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 putting too many It's like when you have a film, you're like, if this had been an hour and forty five minutes. Would have been great. You made it three hours long. It's too much. It's too much. I confess. That's the name of the song from 1982 by The Beat. In the U.S., they were known as the English Beat, but in their home country, simply The Beat. On Terrible Tune Tuesday, I confess. <coughs>
1: Terrible Tune Tuesday, I yeah, confess. You win. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, I, definitely I don't really win. get any um, any redeeming quality out of that song it's at all. It's too much. Yeah, no, I just. And yeah. I like new wave music, but not that one. Yeah. I actually thought you guys were going to like it. No, well, y-
2: you know. No. All right, James, real quick, confess. What's the song you hate most? Hit song. The all one time. you just played. <laughs> okay, confess, I'll take it. Definitely. Successful Terrible Tune Tuesday. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Um, UConn, NC State last night on the women's hardwood, uh, an absolute classic. But where should Gino Ariema rank among great coaches in any sport? We'll discuss next on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Back in two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this
1: is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three on the Rich Eisen Show. ESPN
0: Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports.
2: All right, sports, ESPN Lafayette coming back on a terrible tune Tuesday. I'm Scott Prather. That is Jay Walker, James Butler hanging out with us this morning. It's been a fun show, Jay. Last night um, on the women's hardwood,
1: really a, a Elite A Classic, huh? You know, I, I I watched it because I watched it because everybody knows why I watched it, but um, but I watched every second of it and it was, you talk about two heavyweights just standing in the middle of the ring and slugging it out. Man, you know, Paige Beckers hit shot after shot after shot in, the, in late in the second half and in the two overtimes, and every time they'd hit a big shot, North Carolina State would come down and hit a big shot. It was, it was a, it, it's as good a women's college basketball game as I've seen in, in quite some time.
2: Double overtime, ninety-one eighty-seven. UConn wins it. They are the only number two seed in the final four. All the others are ones.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, there's going to be all sorts of criticism because of the fact that even as a two seed, that regional was in Bridgeport, about eighty miles from stores, um, and so that there's going to be some controversy. People will make controversy about that, but I. I don't know, you know. I North Carolina State had a chance to win it in regulation, and they didn't. I was rooting for them. Um, I wasn't because look in Raleigh, all they're going to hear all week is
2: Duke UNC. Sure, all week it's like they could have had a, a women's team in the final four and been like, "Hey, we we are here at too, us too." Yeah. Right, right. Um, but UConn, not a big surprise. Is is Geno Ariema the, the the best college basketball coach of all time?
1: Uh, I don't know. Look, you know me. I'm a UConn guy. That's right. Okay. That's where I grew up. And and Yukon's always had a place in my heart, always will. I think that I think Gino's a great coach. Is he a better coach than Pat Summit was? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh I do know that he gets great players and he they recruit nationally. Um international and and that he's won you know more games than any other women's coach um is he the greatest coach ever uh, I will say this I don't think it takes it, it takes very long to call the role and I think his name has to get mentioned
2: he's got the resume to be in the conversation. sure There's sure no he does doubt. Um,
1: now that's 14 final fours now that's that's more than anybody on the men's side any any school on the men's side and you know was i think what 16 consecutive elite 8s that they that they've been in it's um that longevity you know tennessee and and i'm also going to mention louisiana tech back okay cuz louisiana tech made the elite 8 like 9 years in a row tennessee and louisiana tech were the standard bearers for women's basketball but that was back when not a lot of schools were putting a lot of resources into women's basketball. Everybody's putting huge sources into women's basketball now, and for Connecticut to have that kind of longevity, Connecticut and Stanford, you know Tara VanDerveer, you know, we don't talk about them much because they're way out there. But you know she's right there when you start talking about greatest coaches ever. Um, but but Stanford and UConn have kind of been, kind of been the blue bloods. In college basketball, uh, women's college basketball for a while now. That's going to do it for the Great Scott Show,
2: Jay. Thank you for coming in. Safe travels to Hammond this evening.
1: Thank you. Looking forward
2: to uh, hearing you and Brad Topham on the call. Five thirty pregame, six o'clock first pitch tonight from Learfield. You can hear it right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. James, you're the man. That was fun. <laughs> Thanks. Let's we'll do it again soon. Uh, real soon. Let's do it. Let's All do it. All right. This is James Butler. I'm Scott Prather. If you guys listening to us, uh, listen to us via the stream this morning, that's brought to you by Champagne's Mark on the Wilson or Champagne's Going the Extra Mile. Dan Patrick shows next. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports.
4: I'll die for you, do time for you, kill for you. and it was never good to you. Down that amount, what you gonna do? Let's hot dogs on the street.